TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 420, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in L.A. Uh, hi, this is Greg, TV enthusiast from Waterlogged, St. Louis. Hi, this is Yusun with Half a Voice from Los Angeles. I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast. All right. Let's start off with the news. Uh, first up I have is that The Tick has been canceled at Amazon. Boo. Anyone well, still watching? I was about to say, I lost interest somewhere in the middle of season one and barely made it to the end of season one. So I didn't even watch season two at all. So it's my fault it got canceled. <laughs> um, Miracle Worker has been renewed for season two. I haven't even Miracle that Worker. What? What's my Miracle Worker? Oh, that's the show where it's like God is Steve Buscemi and uh, that one. What oh. station? Channel like what TBS or what? something? C- uh, C- is it? Oh, it's another CBS God show. No, not CBS. TBS. TBS. Okay. It's some random cable channel. Um, America. It's TNT's sister network. Yeah. Yeah, that I knew. Uh, I missed this renewal. Uh, All American has been renewed at CW. Apparently, that happened last week. Yes, because CW canceled nothing. <laughs> and I appreciate it because I really love all Americans. So I'm not mad. Uh, Disney has bought out Hulu from was it NBC? Well, they didn't take it over the they, world. They, it's I wouldn't say buy out. They have an agreement with NBC. I mean, they, they reached an agreement with Comcast, NBC, Universal for their for their last for their percentage or whatever. So they pretty much they bought them out. <laughs> And yes. in related news, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Com- go ahead. In related news, evidently Comcast NBC Universal streaming service, which is scheduled to launch next year, will not charge a fee. What? Ooh. What? That's that's good news for um, all the people who've been crying about how Netflix is losing Friends and The Office, which apparently did you guys read the, an article about how many people are? Uh, were um, polled that would possibly leave Netflix because Friends um, and That's the a bunch Office. of BS. Like, how many times are you going to really watch Friends in the Office? Listen, if you haven't I already watched it, you're I over it. I couldn't believe what I was reading, but apparently it was it's millennials. Of, did, millennials screw up everything. Everything. Did, and, did you see how much money Netflix paid Warners to keep Friends on an extra year? Yeah, because they want to. Because exactly, Libya. I mean, that's was my point. They're desperate to keep it. Crazy yeah. money. Yeah, crazy. Because it is a huge portion of of why people subscribe. It's unbelievable. It really is. I couldn't. I didn't believe the numbers, but I did a little research, and it's it was substantial. So basically, you're saying millennials are basically just watching Friends on repeat. They're like finishing the season yeah. and they're starting well, it over. You know what? Interesting. My my niece, who is not quite a millennial, I think she's whatever the generation they're calling afterwards. I don't the selfie generation. I don't know, but um, 
her friends and her, they're all in high school. She's graduating now, but um, they're obsessed with The Office, which I think is kind of cool and great. Um, and uh, and then she told me that, yeah, they all like sit around and watch Friends and talk about the episodes and stuff. It's unbelievably still popular. That's so bizarre to me. All right, let's keep going with the news. Uh, Tom, give your news and then I'm going to do the fall schedule. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, you would say that when I've got... Um, okay. News. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking elsewhere. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Dirty John is moving from Bravo to the USA Network. Uh, Kate Blanchett, Yvonne Strahovski, Dominic West, and Jay Courtney are going to star in a major Australia set immigration drama. And it's going to be distributed worldwide by NBC Universal. And the name of it is Stateless. It's about six people who are in an, uh, sorry, four strangers in an immigration f- uh, facility. So it sounds like it could be a docudrama. Um, Freeform has renewed Siren for season three. Empire will end with season six. And there's going to be a new 911 series starring <laughs> Rob Lowe. And it's going to be called 911 colon Lone Star set in Texas. Because Texas has mini- different, I feel like so because Texas has different nine one one calls because people like tip over cows and stuff. Sorry, I'm just I'm just <laughs> annoyed know, at not, the concept. I'm not I, messing with Texas. I'm sorry. Can I? Can can I I'm go, not. I'm oh, not trusting oh, any show. Oh, that Livia is messing with Texas. They got lots of guns. They got lots of guns. I'm not can watching I go off a show. Can I a little rant? Call. No, we haven't even got through the news. I still have to do the fall schedule. No rants. Can, can I go on a mini rant? <laughs> yeah, but is Rob Lowe even a good leading man? I no, like Rob he's got a, He Come has on. a high TVQ score. That's why we keep seeing him on stuff. Ugh. Can I just... Well, I'm can I just what what I'm is your rant? First of all, I need to know what your rant's about. Give me pre-information. My rant is about spinoffs. I missed the day when the spinoff was actually a real spinoff not something where we want to do a brand extension, so we're going to plant this, you know, idea as a backdoor pilot in an existing show and spin it off. Rant over. Oh, okay, that's that's not a bad rant. All right. Okay. Well, let's move on to the fall schedule, since uh, all the networks had their upfront <laughs> upfronts this week. Uh, so I'm not really going to talk about the shows that are the same or that didn't move or whatever, but. Uh, I am going to mention um, some of the new shows that they have. NBC on Monday night, uh, their schedule looks the same for ABC. NBC is adding a show called Bluff City Law, which basically looks like a lawyer show. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, and then CBS has something called Bob Hart's Abyssola. Oh, Bob! It's it's the new Chuck Lorre show. I don't know what, the, what it's that about. It's basically oh. uh, Billy, uh, the dude, the Mike from Mike and Molly is in the hospital and falls in love with his African nurse. Okay. So it's an inter, it's an interracial romance comedy. Um. Then followed by All Rise, which is also a lawyer show, except that it's about a black judge. 
played by Simone Missick, who plays Misty Knight. Uh, Thank you. That's where I recognize her. It and, was killing me. I was the, like, why do I recognize And her? the dude who played Bullseye in season three of Daredevil is also in the cast. Thank you. That's why I recognize him. I was like, why do they both <laughs> Wilson, look so Wilson familiar? Wilson Bethel. Okay. So it's like, hey, we've got uh, two of the Defenders characters <laughs> on this new CBS show. I'm going to check it out because I like her a lot. I love her. She's a uh, she's awesome. Uh, CW is doing an all black night of all American and Black Lightning, and I was like, "Well, they're both kind of in high school, and they, uh, maybe." I think you, I think you mean urban drama night, Livia. Sorry. Okay. JWU. All right, and then Fox on Monday night is nine one one and Prodigal Son. The most interesting thing about Prodigal Son was the lead guy got recast by Jesus from um, Walking Dead. It was originally, I forgot who it was originally. They shot the pilot. They didn't like him. Oh, is this the one that uh, the dude who played Iron Fist? Oh, yes, that's it. Iron Fist dude was originally cast. They shot the pilot and then they hated him. Or they got to like table reads and they were like, "Mm, no. And then they replaced him with uh, the dude who played Jesus from The Walking Dead. And only thing is because he's British, his American accent is eh, sketchy. Right. It's not very sketchy. good. Yeah, and it's, I wasn't going to say that, but yes. But he's a better <laughs> actor overall, so I'm okay with that. I can ignore bad accent more than I can ignore bad acting. All right, moving on to Tuesday. Tuesday, the big thing is uh, Mixish is a spinoff of. See, that is an actual spinoff. Tom. Well, you know what they did. The backdoor pilot was supposed to air this season. They pushed it to fall. But, oh, oh, the episode, they pushed it. But they're premiering the show with Blackish. Yeah. So it's not going to get a backdoor pilot. But anyway, uh, Mixus looks interesting. I don't know. It's got a I, decent cast. It's Mixed-ish. got a decent cast. It's what it ish Right. So it's basically the mom on Blackish. She's Rainbow. Mixed. Rainbow is mixed. And so it's a flashback to her childhood growing up and how she started off in a commune, which they talk about on the show all the time as a joke. Oh, yeah. And so it shows her life on the commune, and then the commune gets raided by the feds, and then she has to go to regular school. And the fact that she just, there's so much she doesn't know just culturally. So that's what oh, the show's So it's about. a young Sheldon uh, copy. Yes. 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 Except for she's a mixed woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nothing else is real. Oh, Emergence is also on ABC. What's Emergence again? I forgot. She drama that contains a pop. Uh, it's a medical drama, and so it's directly competing with New Amsterdam. Okay, huh. sure. I mean, because we need more of those. Moving on to Wednesdays. <laughs> uh, the big thing about Wednesday is that uh, Stumptown, starring um, our girl Kobe Smolders. Kobe Smolders will premiere on ABC and it's basically her being awesome. So like she just kicks butt and is a, I think she's supposed to be a cop, but she's not a cop or something. Where, is she a PI? Yeah. I think she's, I think she started off as a cop, but then she broke the rules enough that now she's a PI and she goes around just kicking butt. And I was like, I can deal with that. I like her. Uh, CW has added a drama called Nancy Drew. Um, which is just what it sounds like. It's Nancy Drew. And it will with be paired Freddie with Freddie Riverdale. Freddie Jr. as Carson Drew. 
I think they recast him. Not that I'm not that I'm not. I knowledge. saw a news thing that they recast him. Let me look on IMDb real quick. Okay, well while he's looking on that. Um and then Fox brought in a new drama called Not Just Me. Is it a new drama? Is it a, is it a uh a launch a freshman drama, Not Just Me? But it doesn't tell you what it's about. Okay, whatever. Uh I don't I haven't heard of that one yet. Moving on to Thursday. Thursday schedules mostly the same except ABC has moved a million little things between Grey's Anatomy and How to Get Away with Murder. Uh, so I was like, so we cried during which one? I don't know. Um, and then Perfect Harmony is on NBC. It's the new show where it's got uh, Whitfield. What's his name? Um, from Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford. Thank you, Whitfield. Bradley Whitford, and he's like doing a, a chorus, and it looks good. Like the trailer looks good. Like, and I love him, so that will work, I guess. And then the Unicorn, starring Walter Goggins, where he's basically a single dad, and all, and he hasn't been dating in forever, and everybody's like, "You should totally date. You'll, you, you're a unicorn." Whatever. Oh, that's with um, Walton Goggins. That's what you said, Walton Goggins. Yeah, that could be good because I like him. Really I weird like him. casting. Am I the only one that thinks so? Well, it's weird casting, but it could work because he can be. Funny. He's always had a little bit of a sense yeah. of humor and roles. Yeah, he's he played. can be funny. I think that might work. Oh, I think he can be very funny, but he's just always like a heavy. Yeah, like, I, I know. Just, yeah, but I'd be interested. So he's reimagining himself. I'm not. I'm not mad at him. Uh, yeah. And then the last new show of the evening is called Evil on CBS, and it's they they went deep into the Marvel dish. So it's Luke Cage. Okay, you know why Mike Mike Coulter recurred on the Good Wife and the Good Fight, right? As a charismatic drug kingpin. So yes, I like that. So it's still CBS going back to, to to Robert Michelle King. That's I mean they're terrific. Well, yeah, and so it's him um, and someone named Wait. It doesn't say who's who's in it, but it's um, him and a woman that I've never seen before, and they're working as a team to fight evil it's a supernatural drama so i dev because it's a supernatural drama i'm obligated to give it a try who's putting it on uh it's on cbs it's on cbs yeah go figure e- hey uh, Freddie, according to imdb freddie prince jr is still on nancy drew so uh, hmm, i have to see. look up my article um Friday is the only thing that's happened on Friday is some shows got shifted around. <clears throat> Other than that, it's there's nothing new, no new shows, we're nothing. Gotta, we're still on the news. <laughs> yeah, I forgot exactly. Nothing new on Saturday, and then on Sunday we have Batwoman. What what's weird is it's premiering earlier. So Supergirl starts at eight, and it was Charmed at nine, but they're putting Batwoman. At seven, which is technically before prime time. Oh, that's that weird. is weird. Yeah. So Super Bat- weird. Yeah. So Batwoman will be on at seven. Supergirl will still be on at eight. And then the and... rest of the lineup is the same as it was. Oh, the rookie it, got moved to Sunday. It would just be Charmed. Is Charmed still at nine? Charmed is on Friday. They got moved. Oh, Charmed got moved to Friday. Why would Batwoman be on at seven? I don't know. I think they they want to see if it does better in the ratings that's but seven se- but seven seems really early for a show that could be very dark and has the it first... sounds like it's a dump 
I feel like they're that, dumping it. No, 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 no. They're putting no, a they're lot behind dumping. Batwoman. But why Charm... would they put it on Kevin then? Maybe they saw it and they were like, yeah, maybe we should hide this. No, no, no. no. I've watched no, it. They're, they're, they're putting a lot behind it. I've seen the trailer. A lot the trailer's of... actually decent. And I heard that the trailer did better than almost any of the other trailers at the upfronts. So it's actually supposed to be really good. That's um, crazy that they're putting it on at 7 on a Saturday or whenever. What on day? Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, I mean. Sunday. 7 isn't really prime time. Well, I know. It's, it sort of is, but it isn't. It's not. It's not. nowhere on the planet Earth. No, on, on 7, remember, 60, 60 minutes is still a powerhouse. Sunday's at 7. Yeah, so it's up against it's up against sixty minutes football and America's funniest videos. Yeah, so oh, that's this competition. Terrible, terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. Uh, but maybe maybe it's counter programming because I don't think a lot of there there's a lot of crossover there. So maybe it's like genius. Well, we'll see. Oh no, it's it's saying an article I found says Batwoman at eight, followed by seven by by Supergirl after that. Well, I'm looking at the schedule at Variety right now. That's what it's saying. So maybe Variety's Variety been can... wrong before. Like a couple of days, <laughs> days ago when they said Robert Pattinson. I know, I Batman saw that. Ever. I saw that. And it's like, corrected. yeah, no. He's Is that not. a joke? No, it's no. not a joke. Robert Pattinson is one of the... They have, they're down to four people to be the next Batman. And Robert Pattinson is the... <laughs> is the 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 top top choice. Mm-hmm. I really I I rather now. have the kid from I'd rather have Nicholas Holt. So would I. I like him. I would I would also rather yeah for sure. But we're Our we're cats, supposed to be talking TV yeah. guys TV. All right, we're okay. gonna move on to the shows now. All right, uh, first up, we're gonna talk about Game of Thrones for as short a period as possible without anybody's head exploding. Whatever. <laughs> now does the head explode because Danny set it on fire with the dragon? <laughs> She set everything else on fire. <laughs> so, on a scale of zero to ten, where do you place this episode? Negative two. Six. Come on. I give no, it. I a said six. zero. Three. Come on. I give it a six. Yeah, I give it a six. I'm gonna give it a, 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 like fairly, fairly, like really yes. fairly. I'm gonna give it a four. There was what, so much wrong with it. I want to know what were. What were people upset about? More that Danny went on this spree killing everybody, or that Cersei and Jamie's fate was so anticlimactic? Oh my Ugh. god! The Jamie thing bothered me the most. Killed by monster of... bricks. It was yes. terrible. It was <laughs> tragic. Somebody, bricks. I needed Cersei to die suffering, Slow or to see, or I needed I needed Jamie to kill her and to have that betrayal in her eyes. I needed something other than them huddled together and being hit by bricks. Because did was you awful. really think Jamie was? I as did. Much as, as much as fans wanted Jamie to be no, but there was all, but there was also the really yeah, I really did happen? because there's a prophecy. There's a prophecy that says yeah. that your her younger brother will kill her. Correct. And so, so they didn't even do the prophecy. That's yeah. pro- that was why so many people thought that Jamie was going to do it because she all the reason she hated Tyrion is because she thought he was the younger brother that was supposed to kill her. That was why that's why she's always trying to kill Tyrion. Uh, Tyrion. And so I was like, "Oh, the surprise is going to be it's Jamie." And the problem is the writers talked about in uh interview, they talked about the fact that they were trying to avoid everyone's guesses. So they were trying to surprise people. But the problem was 
the show's been on so long, everyone's guessed everything. So for them to go out of their way to try to subvert everyone's guesses means that they had to actually make it make no sense. Make garbage. That's what they did. We weren't expecting garbage. So that's how they <laughs> Well, maybe she'll crawl out from the rubble. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I feel happy also. And the Syrian hits her with a brick. If she crawls out of the bubble, I'm going to have to buy a new TV because I will unplug it and throw it across my room. But no, I was telling Olivia. I, like... I will send them a bill for my new TV. Okay, great, had actually showed up. If Jamie hadn't actually showed up, I was telling Olivia, like, they might have killed her, like, off camera. And, like, it would have been even worse. It was just like, oh, uh, Cersei went down in the basement and the basement collapsed and she's dead. Like, just give her, like, one line of dialogue. Well, the thing is, before he showed up, she was just kind of standing there looking around, doing nothing. She yeah. was just, she would have got killed in that room instead of down in the basement. But there was See, I was hoping Danny was going to set her on fire. So I did too. I was okay. I was okay with Danny killing her. I wanted but I because the prophecy because the prophecy said she would she would be queen for a time. She would lose all her three children. She got the prophecy when she was a little girl. And the prophecy said, you will have three children. All three of them will die before you. You will be queen for a time until a younger one comes along. You're, you will be killed by your younger brother. So, Listen. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just saying. It's just that's real. not even my problem. That, okay. I mean, of course, it's kind of lame that they didn't like follow through on the prophecy. But everyone's been complaining about how, you know, Danny's entire story arc and then Jamie's entire story arc, you know, and that, 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 you know, it's not true to this and that. But let's talk about Cersei. There is no way that she has been queen bitch for, and one of the best villains we've had in the longest time. Right, that's that, true. That she would end up crying, shaking, trembling. I'm like, afraid to die. <laughs> those are not the words i mean the, the, to me that is such a betrayal of even her and no one's talking about it but like if we don't get to see the like you know justice slaying her down in like a fury of like pain and misery then I, don't sell her out don't throw her under the bus and have her not be defiant she is she has been literally i mean what who's tyrell's you know the um diana riggs her yeah, character yeah. was awesome like yeah she, she had a not, great death yeah <laughs> you and swat and bring it you know and then we can't, even have, we can't even have cersei like you know say something even if she had said something i thought the oh, i mean the tiniest little fix might have been like she said something she said something um witty about like the game of thrones kind of like you know if you don't win you lose it all or whatever you know bring it back to that or something say yeah, something it was <laughs> lame. it was just so lame there was so many so much lameness about that episode <sighs> but anyway. tell me what you really think. Yeah, the oh, I was I was very not happy about that. Yeah, the, the mountain I thought was pretty good. Okay, Clegane Bowl. Clegane Bowl was awesome. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Fine. That's it. That that's it. That's that's the that's only it. good thing I have to say about the that episode was an hour and a half, and the only good thing John Snow did not speak in the episode. <laughs> Somebody was like, he's a really high-paid extra. And he was just, like, standing around watching He's stuff. Broody McBruderson, come on. Yes, but he's supposed to be the leader in this, and he was just like, uh, that's kind of bad that she's, like, burning stuff up. Every single character, they literally was like, 
let's think about how every character's acted for seven seasons, and then let's write the exact opposite of how they've been acting for seven years, seven seasons. I mean, not a single person. I mean, ugh, I, I, I gotta be done. I gotta see yeah, my We're voice. done. We're done. Because we, all of us could rage about this for a long time, and I don't have time for that. Let's just move on. <laughs> Ain't we nobody all, got time for that. <laughs> we all know that most of the United States or most of the world has hated this episode for different reasons. This The episode, it's like the whole season. Well, yeah. I like the first, I'd say the first two, two episodes are actually really good because I it's did. all about table setting. Yeah, it's all about setting up the characters and everyone just gets to talk and it's all character development in a good way. And then for them to just blow it all up. And Literally. It's like, of everybody we cared about and why we cared about them it like reinvested me after a year and a half of waiting you know what i mean so i was like oh it was great i didn't mind it at all yeah i really like the first few something that this episode did do it is it has completely lowered my expectations for the final episode i am (laughs) nothing i'm expecting nothing i'm expecting not to be satisfied i'm expecting to just watch you know for an hour an hour and a half and turn the tv off and that's it (laughs) (laughs) just go about your life okay all right, well, let's move on before we blow up this podcast. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Killing Eve. And uh, this is what I watched after Game of Thrones, and it settled me. And I was like, oh, good television. So, um, who else has watched Killing Eve other than me? Oh, come on, guys! <sighs> I'm not caught up. I'm too far behind. I'll catch up in the summer. I'm on episode two. You guys are killing me. All right. Well, all I will say then is this episode was really good in that for me, the highlight of the show is when Villanelle and Eve are in the same room. If, if they're together in any kind of way, even if they're like distantly separated by glass, it doesn't matter. It's just their chemistry is so, so good. That I love it. And what they contrived this season is a reason for them to actually work together. And it's amazing. It is amazing. So basically, Eve is working as Villanelle's handler for a mission. And it's awesome. Because, like, she knows Villanelle's a psychopath and will kill whoever, whenever. And... She gives her a very specific mission that she has to accomplish and she's trying to accomplish it. And then she has like stuff that gets in her way and she deals with it the way she would deal with it, which is throw it in front of literally a bus. So, uh, and then she's shocked. It's like Eve was like, oh my God, I can't believe she threw this person in front of a bus. And I'm like, what did you think she was going to do? So just watching them work together is so, so good. This is like, this is everything that I've been, like, even season one, they had a couple episodes where they were fully, like, talking and interacting, but actually having them work together just takes it to a whole new level. So I am loving, loving, loving this season. Uh, So yeah, guys, hurry up, catch up. So unbelievable. Uh, Next up, um, we're going to talk about Chernobyl, and I know at least Greg has watched Chernobyl. And, um, it's so good. It it is. And somebody was talking to me about, well, I don't want to watch something that depressing. And I'm not saying it's not depressing, but that's not how I'm coming at it. I'm coming at it as more, it's fascinating. You can throw me under the bus, Libya. You can throw me under the bus. It was me. It was me. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but I'm saying it's so well done. Jared Harris is phenomenal. Um, and I remember vaguely learning about Chernobyl, but not any details because it was real media blackout when it happened. And I was little, so I don't really, I mean, it's vague. Uh, so I was like, oh, I wonder what really happened. And so I'm watching this and it gives me all these details that I had no clue about. And it tells it in the most fascinating way there. This is like the best way to do a docuseries that I've seen. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, because we have a, we have so many questions. And again, you know, they do mention, um, especially and I, I plug the podcast that they have. Uh, they 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 put a podcast out after every episode and it gives you a lot of the background um, and, you know, their uh, uh, their process and, and getting this information and putting it on the screen. Um, and I mean, just the fact that. You know, um, Americans at this time, uh, this Chernobyl happened like a couple of weeks, I believe, right after the Challenger disaster. Right. And so that's why our focus was like, oh, my gosh, all these people died. Oh, a nuclear plant blew up. Oh, let's go back to, oh, my gosh, all these people died. You know, and so we just we just really, you know, weren't really paying attention. Um, but it, it sheds some light. I mean, especially in this episode where, you know, everyone is just like cut the cut the power lines don't let anyone in and out we can't tell anyone and then like sweden is like uh hello hello soviets um we're detecting nuclear fallout here in sweden did something happen and they're like okay i guess we'll evacuate the town well no it was more like they didn't evacuate the town until they found out that like germans and swedish people were they had uh shelter in place orders because they didn't want their children to be exposed to radiation and they're like, well, if the people all the way in Germany and Sweden are sheltering their children, what are we doing? And then finally they were like, I guess we should get our kids out of here. And they had let them be exposed for two days to yeah. really ridiculously high radiation. Um, so, and, and the thing is, they've never acknowledged it and they've never, like, anyone who didn't die pretty much immediately they don't count the people who die over the next five years, which was a lot of people. And, right. and it's, it's insane, but um, just watching yeah, it all unfold is just, it was just so fascinating. Yeah. And they said there's people walking around today that don't have thyroids. Right. Oh yeah. Cause they had to get them removed and stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but, and they had no protocol as far as what to do if people got exposed to radiation. But I will have to say the efficiency in which they evacuated that town was phenomenal. I can't yeah. imagine that happening in the U.S. No. They, they said no. only one person stayed behind. Everybody else evacuated as ordered immediately. One, they lied to them. They're like, you're going to be gone for three days, so pack only three days' worth of clothes. That's it. No pets, whatever. And then the one guy that stayed behind, he was dead in like, a couple of weeks they found his body okay. a couple of weeks later but um yeah that that's so crazy and now we're at the point where <clears throat> they've evacuated they've put out kind of one of the fires but now they're in a situation where the they they thought that it was there was no water inside and so they have to send some people in to drain the water out because if if the rate if the meltdown melts into the water containers, it will actually create a, an explosion that will wipe out all of Europe. 
And so they're like, oh, I guess we should. They're like, how long do we have? They're like, 48 hours. So they have, so they basically are like, we need three guys who are going to die to go into the water and turn some pipes. And they had to get volunteers, and it was crazy. Yeah. And yeah, I, well, I, I was, they were in the boardroom with Gorbachev, and they were like, we're asking for your permission to kill three people. Right. But what was crazy, too, is uh, just, I was like, in the U.S., would that be able to, would they be able to find three people that are just like, okay, well, I mean, I'm sure they would have put it in patriotic terms as well, which is what the general did. He was like, who will die for their country and save millions of lives? And they got three people to volunteer, and I guess that would work here. But I was like, man. Uh, I don't, because they, they were also, somebody also compared it to like Three Mile Island, almost the same thing happened there, but they avoided it. And like what the difference would be if it happened there versus happening in Russia and everything. So all of that's just amazing to me. All right. You guys it's, are selling me on watching this. It's really, really good. It's HBO. I was uh, also. Just television. Yeah, I was about to say, also a palate cleanser for after you watch the end of Game of Thrones. <laughs> all right uh next up we're going to talk about the uh season finale of arrow which i did not watch but tom watched are you the only one that yeah. watched it tom i think you are evidently um you know they, they finally got rid of oliver's evil half-sister yay whatever the big thing about why i wanted to talk about this is we there's no more mystery oliver is not going to survive crisis on crisis on infinite earths this fall because we saw his gravestone in the future segments and the monitor came back and basically this is tied into the deal he made during last year's crisis to save supergirl and flash oh right i vaguely remember that so the speculation is over well the show that's why arrow's getting a very abbreviated season it only has 10 episodes eight or 10 i thought it was eight 10 okay and they said Crisis will be uh, over five hours. So five shows will be dealing with the Crisis on Infinite Earth. Uh, well, probably Flash, Supergirl, Arrow, Batwoman, and Legends, I would presume. Yep, yep, yep that's five. Um, anything else you have to say? Because Felicity died, right? Or moved on or did something? Nope. No, they just, they just wrote her out. Like, I mean, how? Basically, she has to stay away because people are trying to kill the kid, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Oh, so nothing dramatic or interesting. All right. Nah. It's Felicity. Of course not. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. Let's move on. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about the season finale of The Flash. And since uh, Yusun stayed up all night to watch it, what did you think? Yeah. What did you think? Uh, I'm going to try to measure myself. Um, you know, <laughs> let me start with the good. Okay. Nora's dead. So. No! <laughs> well, she's not, not dead. She just didn't exist. Fine. Same thing. She's Aww. dead to me, which is all I care about. Yeah, but she went out and very, like, very Marvel heroically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good she... for her. Good for her. I mean, <laughs> I, I actually fine like it was funny too because i wanted to be charitable and um so i was like well you know they were trying to redeem her character um 
you know, and and they kind of, you know, did it a little bit for me. I was like, oh, okay, try to win me over, try to win me over. And then, but at the end, I was like, yeah, you're not gonna erase an entire season of like annoying the crap out of me. And I I know that like, I know she had her reasons, but we've talked about them all season long and we've all agreed that we're probably going to bail next year. So as far as I'm concerned, fine. They, they did, they did a nice job of trying to bring her around and to redeem her and her journey and all that stuff. So narratively, um, I'm not going to complain, but that's not enough. One episode of her, you know, heroing herself is not going to erase an entire season. And I really didn't realize that they, I mean, it became evident like episode four or five, that the entire season was going to be, was going to revolve around her. And, and I mean, it makes sense because the whole Thon thing, you know, but even that was predictable. We knew that she was being manipulated by him. And even when her parents consistently yelled at her and it was, I really like that she admitted all her faults. I mean, for me, that was very gratifying because she was like, I know that you guys like yelled at me all the time and I didn't listen. And she totally owned up to it. She was like, it's all my fault, all of it. And I was like, yes, it is. I was like, yes, it is. All of it is your fault. At least you have some self-awareness before you disappear into the ether. And so so that's fine. You know, I mean, I, I actually had to watch two episodes, you know, to get to the get to the end. Um, so maybe that's why I'm a little bit more bitter because I was like, oh, two hours of this. So maybe I would have been a little bit, you know, not as upset if I had had to watch just one hour. But yeah, fine. They kind of brought it back and they gave her great send off. You know, that's not my so problem. How do you but- feel about reverse flash is now out and free in the open? Boring. It's just absolutely 100 percent. I'm confused mainly because they killed him a lot. They've killed him, reverse killed him, absolutely killed him. Now some Uh, way he's in the future, he gets free, and now he's back. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm going to end my my critique by literally saying this is something we've all said about Flash. Also, their villains are lame. And now they've realized that they're lame, and they've given up trying to figure out. So they're bringing back the one that worked. They're like, well, let's try again with this one. So I'm like, I'm out. So done. Well, I have to say reverse Flash is the best villain they've ever had. He is, but I don't want to see it again. He is. No, you're going to have an argument. I think the problem is Flash has probably the second best rogues gallery to Batman, and they have not served the rogues well. No. Uh, Greg, any comments? No, no, I haven't to because I I gave up uh, a couple of weeks back when they just totally just did. um, They they basically did a, a, a Daenerys thing on Flash and and so, but I did happen to, it just so happens I was flipping through my channels and I happened to be home when Flash was on. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so I turned it on and I saw the last 10 minutes and that's all I needed to see. So I saw, <laughs> that's all you really needed to see for like the entire season is like, just to see her like, like flake away uh, at the end of the episode was great. <laughs> all this hate for Nora. I actually cried when Nora died. Thank I you. got a little verklempt. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was touching, but it was like, okay, let's move on. You guys have no heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say I think half the group is sorely thumbs down. I was not thumbs down. I actually thought that was a decent finale. I thought it was a good finale Yeah, I liked to it. an uneven season. Yes, that's true. I, I, I 
can't disagree with it. But the, I, to me, the whole season was terrible. So you're putting what lipstick on a pig? I mean, you know, I don't. I if, if for a finale, sure it was. And Libya, you're wrong. I did kind of tear up a little bit because you know it Why was. Why am I? Oh, oh, I'm wrong. I was like, what am I wrong about? Okay. And I have no card. And then you know whatever. <laughs> I do have a little card. So just a little. You know, little. All right, let's wrap that one up. All right, next up. We're going to talk about Legends of Tomorrow. And uh, the Legends is so strange to me to where you can have super silly episodes and then you can have super serious episodes. Super serious episodes. And back so this, back. yeah, this was more yeah. of the serious nature. Uh, it was all about betrayal and hypnosis and demons and going to hell and sacrificing for your friends and stuff like that. All of that was all really good. So uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, um, I I thought it was um, I thought it was entertaining. I mean, uh, most of the episode took place in hell, if I recall. Um, no, and, no, 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 no. And wasn't this or wasn't this Remember, the episode the, where the, Constantine has to choose between the the child and who's he going to save? Wait, yeah, am I an episode yeah. off? Wait, was, what? I the, epi- the episode I remember is Constantine. At the end, Constantine ends up in hell. Right, that's oh, you're an, you're an episode yeah. off. I'm an episode behind. Yes. Oh man. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am too. Wait. Maybe I am too. <laughs> what just happened? Somebody tell me. Oh no. All right, Rump you room. guys. You guys wait, talk wait. about. You guys talk about legends. All right. Go wait. Ahead. Was this? Episode, let me ask a question first. Was this the episode where they were on the Wave Runner and they were trying to fake be friends with? Um, you know, the annoying dude with the three nipples, three nipple dude. Gary? Yes. yes. So, oh, okay. So I did see the episode. Then. I apparently didn't. Ah. Oh, yeah. So somebody else talk. It'll remind me as you guys are talking about it. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So I guess that was happening, I guess, outside of hell, right? Uh, where yeah. Gary was making... Um, Gary was making people do things, making, um, you know, people dance and... Uh, I put a pacifier in um Steel Boy. I don't remember his name. Yeah, the hey. guy. Yeah, that was hilarious because I was watching the two of them dance and I was like, oh, nice time step. I was like, look at them. I was oh. like, oh, they know what they're doing. It was silly, but I you know what? I don't have that much to say. Um I agree with the whole like tonal shift and the whole episode they just it's a grab bag i don't care i mean i don't mind like i just i watch the show for no other reason than it's like entertaining i don't know what mm-hmm. else to talk about it like it's not that well written it's not you know super well acted um i know i don't even think i ship anybody on the show but i keep watching it and i i will I say i them. used to ship rory and amara and amaya but now amaya's gone so now i don't have anybody shipped yeah. So no, that's Rory and Amaya. Yeah. No, not Rory. I did. Leave me alone. I'll fight you. <laughs> She's out of the box. I kind of like Nate and Z- and uh, Z. I don't like Nate and anyone. He has no chemistry. I like Nate. I like <laughs> Nate, but not with a woman. I, he has no chemistry. <laughs> I like Nate, but not with women. So you should be Nate and Ray. Yeah, really. That's uh, cute. I no, like the they're bromance. No, not, I know. No, no, they're bromance. They're bros. I mean, to add it to what you son said, I enjoy Legends because it doesn't take itself so deathly seriously. And even though they can have serious stakes on the show, still 
it realizes we're a comic book show. We're actually going to have fun, unlike some, you know, you know, Arrow Broody McBrooderson hour where everybody's complaining and brooding and complaining some more and brooding some more. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Do you guys have any other so, comments? So, or? Yes. So all in all, I mean, it, it was a good, I, it, you know, it makes me want to look forward to the next episode because, um, um, because we want to find out, um, because uh, we have the whole thing with uh, uh, with the the fairy godmother and the power oh, right. of her, and um, but and then right before she was about to do something, she got pulled into hell because she's supposed to go save Constantine. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, I, I definitely want to find out how the whole uh, you know going to hell like story arc work, uh, works itself out. Yeah, and I love that they made her that the fairy godmother tricked her into becoming the fairy godmother. And then she had to wear that awful blue dress. I mean, she's <laughs> it's just, I mean, as a costume designer, I was like, oh, poor her. Because that dress is hideous. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I like the show. It's fun. It's fun and silly. Yes. But I actually like when they put a little seriousness in. Just a little dab. If it gets too, seri- uh, too silly, then I'm like, eh. So I like that. And they do. I know. They do both. They do both. All right. Let's move on. You guys are giving me a thumbs up. And apparently I need to watch the... Li- I, I watched two episodes thinking I was caught up. <laughs> and apparently not. Uh, next up, let's talk about Big Bang Theory's series finale. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. Humble brag slash full disclosure. I was there for the taping of part one of the series finale. Oh so my God. I had to, sign, had to sign an NDA and could not post the pictures I took until this episode aired. And uh, it it was a great experience being there. It was interesting to see the cut they went with because there are things that they cut out that they had filmed. Okay. But uh, people went nuts when they announced that Sheldon and Amy won the... Uh, oh, uh, the, the, Nobel the, the Nobel, right. Won, won the Nobel Prize. Yeah, I did too. Course, I actually, I was at home going nuts. Multiple times on cue <laughs> to make it fresh every time. For the cameras. Yeah, I went nuts myself at home. Yeah. Because at first I was like, well, this is the kind of show where you get what you want. I was like, don't you? And and actually, I thought they weren't going to get it, except then I remembered it's the series finale, and I was like, oh, no, they should get it. Well, I don't know. Like, I was going back and forth, and then when they won, I was like, oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like the way they did that with the, with the multiple phone calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then uh, finally, Amy got the phone call, and she just kind of softly, kind of tells everyone that they won. Yeah, it was good. Um, the second part, I mean, the big thing about the part two, of course, was for some reason Sheldon's selfishness finally like got through his thick, thick skull, and he kind of tried to make amends for it, which is interesting. Yeah, what what I thought was kind of interesting, and. Uh, Again, full disclosure, uh, a good friend of mine is a uh, writer, co-executive producer this season, and he's been with the show for eight years, Jeremy Howe. But I really like the things they've done in the past year and change, trying to emphasize that Sheldon is actually growing up and learning it's not all about him. Right. And for me, the um, the tipping point in this was when he turns to his wife and she says, sometimes you make me, you know, Basically, sometimes this really make, hurts me and makes me upset, too, 
when he realizes that all his circle of friends that he's come to lean on and love over the past 12 years, you know, that he need it's not always about him. Right. Yeah, that was good. Plus, the callback to the pilot was brilliant in his Nobel speech when he says their children will be smart and beautiful <laughs> because that's what. Um, yeah, Leonard well, they showed it he, in the previously. Right, right. So I thought it was a sweet episode, and I love that they didn't try to do some cataclysmic, oh, they're moving away, the gang's breaking up. You know, the fact that the last scene of the show is just all all of the principals eating takeout in the apartment with yeah, such a nice great. way yeah, I like, to end the me, show. It got me, just got me in the hearts. Yeah, I, I, I'd say thumbs up. This is, this is how you finish a show. Looking at you, yeah. Game of Thrones. But uh, <laughs> it was a good ending. It was a good but ending. But here's, here's my question, though. Uh, you know, we, we've watched a lot of TV shows over the years, and it seems like every time we have some characters that we're shipping and everything, it seems like after they get married or something, the show goes downhill. You know, Not necessarily. It depends on how they do it. Like, like well, that the, was that well, Moonlighting, man. yes, it went downhill because the show is based on their conflict. Like, I went way back. I went way back. I went way back. (laughs) But I'm saying that show is based on their conflict and their tension and them fighting. So then when they get together, yeah, the show blows up. But but do you think that that happened in Big Bang Theory? No, no, not at all. Absolutely not. No, no. You don't think it's still boring? No. In fact, I would counter uh, one of the things I I, I spoke with my buddy about is I love the fact that I, I in real time I got married I think a year before Sheldon, but the sh- I mean being married is difficult especially those first years because you have to learn hey there's this person in my bed and there's this person <laughs> you know in my space and and the fact that we get to see Sheldon and Amy going through some of these moves that are very reality based and the way that they dealt with all the three marriages on the show. Just because you're married doesn't mean the tension goes away, doesn't mean the arguments go away, doesn't mean that problems go away. And from Howard and Bernadette keep, keeping on putting out kids and from, uh, you know, from uh, Leonard and Penny discovering that their friends still really lean on them a lot and kind of disrupt the flow of what they're trying to do as a married couple now. And just uh, Amy and Sheldon trying to figure out how does this marriage thing work? I just think for me, put adding Bernadette and Amy to the show season three gave it two more years of life easily. Well, I, I think it, it became not just about dudes. You got the women, yes. and they and you got to see what they were doing, and they had their own crew, and that's what made it more interesting to me. Yes, and plus, even though they've got you know the majority of the characters now have love interests, except for poor Raj. <laughs> we we get to you know we have many permutations to play and even though there are still sex jokes it's not it wasn't so dependent on sex jokes as it was those first few years when it was just penny and the boys right right all right so yes yeah. i say thumbs up it was a really good oh, series. sarah Thank michelle you. geller oh right nice shout out yes <laughs> that was great that was a surprise because when he was like is that her and i was like of course it's not and then and he was like, how it about was. now? And it was, yeah, that was great. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I know this week's episode was more about Terry and his denial and then uh, the big caper of, <laughs> I don't know, what was it, the, uh, 
going to tell the, the captain he's trying to take down the other guy and he's being super petty and all of that stuff. And then everyone's lying. It's just like it was almost as good as the uh, heist episodes because it was how kind much of a heist. fun was it to have Kira Sedgwick and Andre Brower sniping at each other? Oh my! Then <laughs> it's bad snipes. Their snipes are not good. It's just <laughs> but, but very it, much like a five-year-old would come up with. But, but it's like, still funny seeing two multiple Emmy-winning actors playing this absurd. Especially when nobody will ever believe us together. Tell them we're romantically involved. <laughs> uh, All of it was so funny. It was good. That was a really good finale. Um, you, son. I, I loved it. I loved it. It's literally what I love about the show. Um, I feel like as a comedy and an office workplace kind of show, it doesn't it could be a little lazy if it wanted to be about like giving me plot twists and actual plot and you know stuff that kind of runs through the entire season i mean it could be more of a not a monster of a week but like a, a joke of you know the joke of of, of, of of the week kind of a show but it always has some sort of um main kind of plot that they run through the entire series like much like a drama um, and then hilariously, and I'm definitely one of those like plot guessers. I mean, m- my percentage is is pretty good. It's like 82.6%. I'm always like guessing the twist. Um, I knew r- within three minutes that those people were dead. And, and th- I mean that Bruce Willis was dead. Um, in the sixth sense, oops, was that a spoiler? Um, so for me, the fact that they like, I knew they were going to throw me a twist, but I didn't quite see it. Um, so I, I love the whole caper. I think that, um, you know, the show obviously has its ups and downs throughout a season, like any show. I, I can't, I don't think that every episode was like, you know, knock it out of the park, but that's fine. That's not even a complaint. So I was curious to see where this, the finale would end, uh, land, you know, is it going to be one of their stronger shows or not strong shows? Um, I loved it. I, you know, it's a great season ender. They, they utilize most of the characters, um, you know, for a while they were focusing really heavily on the captain and then really heavily on just, you know, um, Jake and Amy. And I kind of just I liked that they gave um, Sarge or is he a sergeant now? He's a lieutenant um, you know, now. Lieutenant, sorry, sorry. That's what I meant. Um, you know, they gave they followed that plot line through like they just they tied up things nicely. And it was a really funny show. And everybody's so charming. It's I, I really enjoyed the show a lot. It's probably my second favorite comedy under the good place. All right. I'm not going to argue with you. I love I love it as well. All right. Let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And this was episode two. And this episode was we're talking about the Sarge. This is all about. Uh, Sarge, or Sarge Coulson, that version of him and his team and how the team works and what they're doing. And we're getting their perspective because right now the, the, the main S.H.I.E.L.D. team, they have no idea who these guys are, what they're trying to do. And this, they're letting the audience get a feel of who these people are and what this team is and how he runs the team. And that he, uh, the Sarge version of Coulson runs the team kind of out of fear. And he, yeah, uh, he does. and he basically is very cool with, okay, this guy's getting a little wobbly. We're going to look for some replacements because he's obviously not going to last very long. And he's doing that instead of just, you know, sitting the guy down and talking to him, which is what Colson would do. And I do like the fact that May was like, I'm going to get answers whether you guys like it or not. So she's just jumping through portals and beating people up and doing that fight sequence was fantastic. 
I don't know how they do fights like that on an hour long TV show. The, those fights are so good. Um, and I like that he really did hesitate when she called him Colson. It's like it made him do a double blink. He didn't know what that meant or he did. And so now I'm not sure what the twist is. Like, is it that I know he I doesn't have, of it. yeah. Like, does he not have his memory? Cause somebody asked him about his past earlier in the episode. Which like, not Colson. Well, I know he's not our Colson. Our Colson. We but know that. Colson today. Say again. He has Colson. He has Colson's DNA. Well, yes, with we know the, that with, with the weird with the weird twist on top. Right, we that's know. what I'm saying. I love the mystery. Yeah, I want to know. I want. I wonder if when they brought Colson back with the Cree technology, if somehow like the Crees hacked or saved something and and made another one. I I don't know because it's like it's Kree... weird because he doesn't have like. He does. It's like his past is a mystery even to him. Like he's not. Somebody asked him about it. He was like, "Uh, let's not talk about that." You could tell he just didn't remember. So I'm curious. Um, but then I saw the preview for next week, and it's all about them being in space. Oh, there was the other storyline with Fitz and him on an alien spaceship and how he's mm-hmm. doing his thing, and that was all really cool. And next week's episode is all about Jim and them, you know, rescuing Fitz, which I guess is necessary because we got to get the whole team back to Earth. But I was like, but I want to see Sarge and his team. I want to know. What, like, it's like there's now everyone's spread out. And I do want everybody to now come. Let, let's get everybody because this, this is a short season. We don't have 22 it's, episodes. It's 13, right? Yes, yeah, 13. And um, so is next. And so is next season, I believe. Right, so I'm like, we don't have time to be playing around. I need the whole team to get back together so we can figure out what's happening. Um, I don't know how I feel about them keeping up the space stuff and the Earth stuff. Because... Well, I think they're going to bring everybody from space back down to Earth once they get Yeah, I back. just... Yeah. Yeah, I'm confused. I'm just Why are you confused? confused? Well, because I thought Fitz was supposed to be frozen and there was like oh, a Oh, he time... was. They actually and show he... him being frozen and then his ship gets blown up and he, gets, he has to get unfrozen. Yeah. Yeah, I saw his ship got like cut in half, and then I was like, "Oh, but he's now awake and he's talking in some weird language." I'm just confused. It's not that confusing, I didn't think. It's very much his ship got cut in half, which kicked him out of being frozen. So then they got picked up by this alien ship, and the and the remember the guy from the future taught him the language, the, the chrono, holocron, or whatever, whatever that dude is, taught him <laughs> taught him the language so that they could blend in with the crew on the ship. So, I mean, I thought they explained it relatively well. Okay. Well, I don't know. All right. Okay, I'll watch, watch it, it again. again. <laughs> and see if somehow something's going to click. Uh, I'm just watching it going, I have absolutely no idea what the heck is going on. I, I think that that's all going to work out. The only thing that's slightly sad is Gemma hijacks the ship, takes it to the planet that Fitz just left. So that's yeah, that the, was so sad. Came out of the wormhole, and I was like, "Oh, so you close." Missed so well, close. you know, I I'm going to defend Greg a little bit because I um I I wasn't. It doesn't help. I mean, I'm not as confused as Greg. Sorry, Greg. Um, <laughs> but, but, I, but I was confused for a minute. I really was. I think Greg just assumed, as I did, um, that like when the ship split in half, they died, and I was like, "Wait, yeah. how did?" this i was like what you know so and then i just again well sorry, he had Greg, his I'm own saying... he's on inside the the 
the chamber, he has his own atmosphere, so he could uh, whatever. be in space. I'm not, I, look, I'm not saying it was ridiculous that he survived. I'm just saying that I can understand why Greg got confused because at first I also was like, wait, is he going to be dead? What's happening? Like, and then I never for once thought he was going to be dead. The whole point right. of chasing after I'm him. I'm defending Greg. It was not crystal. <laughs> Yeah. Speak up, Greg. I'm trying to defend you. Um, <laughs> well, and, and if we're doing this time thing, like he doesn't, he have to stay frozen until he gets to. No, they're they're changing that. They're changing. Timey they're jumping wimey. out of this timey wimey. They're jumping out of the loop. The whole point is to oh, grab him. Yeah, oh, okay. they're trying to is grab it, him this... before he goes to the future. Yeah. Because the version of him that went to the future is dead. Right. So they're trying uh, to grab them for. Well, can I just say I have to say this because I, I had this realization the other day. I love, I love to my core that Timey Wimey has joined the lexicon of like <laughs> acceptable. Everybody uses it. I was watching like three separate shows slash movies. I can't even tell you what they were, and everybody referenced Timey Wimey. Like, just oh yeah, ran- I saw. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, and I was just like, it's everywhere now. I was Yay. like, yeah, Yay, Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> I had to say that because everybody understands it. Like literally when we said it on the podcast, we all went silent. We're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like it's just <laughs> it's like a conversation healer. It's like, no, but yes, but this has timey wimey. Oh, okay. And then we just move on. I love it's it. It's a thing. It yeah, is a thing. I um, I can't, I saw the preview Sarge captures, uh, May. And it wasn't a preview for next week. It was like a preview for the whole season. And now that we saw him being confused and she calls him Colson and he wants to know more information, I can see why he would grab her because she obviously knows who the heck, you know, the whole Colson thing is and he wants to know. And I remember I, when I interviewed Clark Gregg, I said something like, I really can't, you know, I was like, my thing is May and Colson being in the same room. I really want that to happen. And he was like, eh, you might not want that this season. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, but he did say it's really hard for him to play this version. I thought you said the word was weird. No, he said it was hard. I thought you said he said weird. Well, I must. It's I on a recording. We can we can listen to the. I recorded it, so we can we can watch. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, you, I didn't listen to the recording. You just told me you. It's asked on YouTube. <laughs> and the court stenographer, please read back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the season finale of The Blacklist. And this, uh, I don't know if everyone out in, in our listening audience is aware of the big plot twist that they're, that me and my friends have been talking about was going to go on with Red and Red's identity. And we had been talking about it. And then they had this episode, which basically co- looked like it kiboshed that theory. And I was like, wait, were we wrong? What does this mean? Um, and I really, and then after I was like, oh my God, they've totally just changed what they're doing and this is not what's going on. And then I actually thought about it and I was like, oh wait, no, that's totally what's going on. It's still on the table. So uh, who else has watched The Blacklist? Anyone? Oh, me. Um, so what do you think because, uh, I mean, the whole wrapping up the storyline with the president being caught and blah, blah, blah. Like, eh, I don't care about any of that. Like, that was just the standard yeah, I mean, episode. You know, it was like they were they were trying to fill time almost with that thing. Because it was like, it was like, okay, we've got a shooter. 
um, oh, the president's going to try to assassinate himself. And it's like, why would the, he's really self-centered. I can't see why he would do that. And then it's like, oh, we're going to wait to shoot until the first lady comes out. And it's like, anybody could see that they were trying to kill the first lady. And then for like the next three minutes, they're like, well, not three minutes. It was like 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. It was a really long time. They're like, how did this really good shooter miss the president and hit the first lady? What was going on? What was the, who was the, really the target? And I was like, uh, the woman he shot was obviously the target. Cause you just went on and on about how he's a marksman. Um, and, they were trying to shoot the first lady. And like two scenes later, they're like, I still don't understand. And it took red had to show up and go, uh, they were trying to shoot the first lady. I was like, how can Red be the only intelligent person in an FBI special task force? But So that whole storyline was really just kind of like, all right, whatever. And, but he got wrapped up. The president got had to get resigned, and then they were going to do criminal charges on him because he literally tried to kill his wife. Um, but what the thing that I cared about was the red storyline where he's meeting some mysterious dude on a bench and yeah. he's like, okay, the Russians are looking for Katarina. We've got to figure out a way to cover the tracks. And he's like, well, we could, we can initiate operation penguin. I don't remember what it's called. Some <laughs> operation. We're going to initiate that. And then, um, there's the thing that's weird about that conversation is then the guy's like, I got it. I'll take care of it. And Red look doesn't even look at the other guy. Red's like, I know that's why I've always loved you. And it wasn't like, hey, dude, I love you. It was very much like, you're the love of my life. That's why I've always loved you. And no, other, no, I didn't get that at all. No, I totally said, got that. You think that no, was a dude I love you kind of comment? Well, no, he said... He said, the reason why I love you is because I can trust you. Red doesn't have anyone that he can trust, apparently, except this guy that he was talking to on the bench. That we've never seen before. But also, the other guy was like, I love you too. And I was just like, wait, what's happening? Um, I I was just wondering, who do you think that guy is? I don't know. He kind of looks like Bruce Boxleitner. I have no idea who he is. I know. I'm not asking (laughs) about the actor. The actor's the guy from Purse of Interest. Uh, But... I meant who that I already I already have a theory, but you don't have I'm not going to spoil it for you who I think it is. Oh, you think he's the real Reddington? No, real Reddington is dead. Remember, uh, Elizabeth said she killed him when she was little in the fire. She shot him. Right. Okay. So the real Raymond Reddington is dead and he should look like this Raymond Reddington anyway. So if it was some other if it was really the real Raymond Reddington, he would look the same. It'd be like twins. I know, I think, I'm pretty sure, I'll tell you off podcast my theory on who I think that is. Um, but then, what did you think of the uh, the Katarina showing up? He, like, he goes he goes to wherever he went to, Moscow, I don't remember where he was. It was Paris. It was oh, it was Paris. Paris. It was fake Paris. Yeah. That was not Paris. But when he went to fake Paris, and then he meets Katarina, she kisses him, and then, and at first then, I thought she stabbed him. Yeah, well, and, she did. Well, well, with a syringe, and she with just with a syringe. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so you know she's a spy, or she was, or she's she's does clandestine things, and you're gonna let her kiss you. You well, know, I thought that was, I thought that was kind of silly for Reddington. Well, so I he, mean, the original the original Katarina and Reddington had a kid, so they were a couple, right? 
Well, I don't know. I don't, well, we don't know the history from the time they had uh, Elizabeth. We don't know what the relationship between Red and Katarina has been. Because yeah. he seemed to like, as soon as he needed to find Katarina, he knew exactly where she was. Yeah, that would seem, that seemed rather odd. Well, and the, uh, yes, that is odd. That's part of my point. And he didn't go looking for her until he found out that the KGB or whatever the equivalent of Ru- in Russia was looking for her. And then he was like, oh, got to find her. And he found her in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So I have so, a theory. I'll tell you after podcast. Okay. Well, all it's right. all, I mean, it's all set up to get us to watch next season, right? So yes. did they set? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm totally watching. Yes. Okay. They accomplished their goal. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Doom Patrol, and this is the, it was called Penultimate Patrol, because it's the penultimate episode before the finale. Bum, bum, bum. And I have to say, the big battle in the white, trying to get into the white space or whatever, and then it's like, it looks like they've exposed the weakness of, uh, Mr. Nobody, and then he gets shot, and I was like, wait, th- that's it? That doesn't make sense. Mr. Nobody was a bigger villain than that. I was really confused. For a little while, and then and then when they started looping and they are fighting the robot, I was like, "Wait, that's Mister Nobody's robot." So yep. <clears throat> I figured that, like, once I saw the robot, I was like, "Oh, okay." Well, what did you think of the episode? I thought it was a trip, <laughs> especially when Flex is giving everybody orgasms because he's <laughs> flexing the wrong <laughs> And then they're like, uh, yeah, you need to concentrate. And then Robot Man gets caught out for faking it. <laughs> All of that was pretty funny. I agree. Uh, but I like that we got some backstory on Mr. Nobody. Uh-huh. We got to find out, you know, who he was before everything went nuts. So I thought this was a really good episode. And then the big bum bum moment when you find out that uh, the chief actually is the reason why every single one of them has their powers. Yep. Well, that that literally that was the end of the episode. It's like, <laughs> tell them, tell them. <laughs> and he when he fesses up, it's like, you know, boom, <laughs> fade to black. <laughs> that was a good moment. That was good. Uh, and I feel like I'm not sure because I remember in the backdoor pilot version of Doom Patrol that they had on Titans, that version of the Chief was a little more sinister and a little more evil. Mm-hmm. And this version that they presented here has been just a good guy for the most part. Well, except with for hints. when we get to his... With, 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 yeah, with hints of darkness. Right. and then But then when you find this out, you're like, whoa, okay. So I feel like this fits more into the original version of the Chief that we saw in the backdoor pilot. Because I didn't like the chief in the backdoor pilot at all. Oh, he was a, he wasn't a great actor. No, <laughs> was part of the problem. But I'm actually looking forward to the finale. I'm I'm like, okay, let's do this, guys. I actually I, I feel bad for the flex guy because I was like, it's kind of cold, and he's only wearing shorts. <laughs> and I, I felt I felt bad for him. I was like, can someone give well, him a shirt? Shoot, they do shoot in Georgia. <laughs> oh well, he looks cold. Is all I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, overall, you give it a thumbs up. Oh, definitely. Interesting on on the DC Universe uh, on the recap for the previous week's episode. April Bolby, April Bolby, aka Elastic Woman, was on, and she implied 
that season one is a prequel to the Titans backdoor pilot. Hmm. Which I thought was interesting. Because they were already a team by the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, I just want to know. Um, I just want to know what retirement annuity plan are you using to afford all of these streaming channels that you all apparently have? <laughs> it's I called sharing. I share. No, some share. of us do it legitimately. No, I do it legitimately, but I share. I share like my. I don't have the DC app. One of my friends in St. Louis. Well, he used to be in St. Louis. Uh, one of my friends, he has the DC app, and then my mom has Hulu, and my mom has my Netflix. And uh, my sister has HBO, so that's how I do it. And no, I only I, I only pay for personally. I pay for Amazon Prime and Netflix and everything else. I share with other people. You know, my my wife and I have an Amazon Prime account. I did the DC Universe uh, Charter member subscriber where I got thirteen months. I got basically fifteen months for the price of twelve and a free T shirt. <laughs> um, and then it's all I, about the swag it's all about the swag well i'm just saying greg don't just don't be stingy and and because a lot of these allow up to five memberships so well, just I know, but I, don't, I i apparently don't have like you know family members you have friends? <laughs> not what memberships you're libya me, streams yes uh, that's true so are you telling me that your brother doesn't have anything no he doesn't have netflix he does not. Oh, you have a lame family. What? Sorry. Yeah, lame. I, know. <laughs> I, know. I need a new family. Well, or new friends. I, That's all. Like I would share with you, but I pay for nothing, so I. Pay for <laughs> yeah, you guys. Right now, I pay for I pay Netflix. For and I share with my family. Are we going to talk about Catch Twenty Two or no? Yes. Ne- okay, let's move on. <laughs> Moving on. Next up, we're going to talk about Catch Twenty Two. And I watched the pilot, and I have not read the book. Let me start I off watched, like that. I watched the pilot in the episode, or I watched the first two hours. And you've read the book. And I, this is, Catch-22 is one of my favorite books. Okay. Uh, one of the interesting changes they made, the book is non-linear, completely non-linear. And I watched one see, of them. Make, Olivia. Say again? I said, see, that's what. I said, see, that's what I told you. I, I, I don't want to interrupt because I really want to hear what Tom has to say, especially since I didn't see it. But I, just, I told you, I, I was surprised that they tried to make it into to, to film it in any way because it's, it's a pretty hard... I read the book a long time ago. Have you seen the 70s movie? No, I never topic. did. We're off topic. It's not great. Yeah, I've heard that it's terrible. And that's why I was like, wow, they're going to touch it again? They're going to try? It's a well, really the- hard book to, to, to put on film. The way to do this is as a miniseries, and um, I saw an interview with the well, the, the behind some of the behind the scenes snippets. They're very short, but they they imposed they put everything in chronological order so they could build character arcs properly. Sure. I love the cast. Um, mm. It might be it might be unwieldy for people who aren't familiar with the source material, which I guess might be Libya's complaint. Right. But for those of us who are familiar. It's a good cast, and it's interesting seeing everything unfold in chronological order. Yeah, I bet. But I'm, I love. I mean, I I ditched Hulu to get uh, CBS All Access to support Doug, and then I've signed up for Hulu again for this. Although I could ditch Hulu again because they dumped it all at one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, 
All I'm going to say is uh, I did not read the book. I just, I'm watching this as a TV miniseries. And it feels like it should just be a two-hour movie. Like, I don't... I know you're going to say, oh, it's got more, but I'm bored. I don't care about any of these people. I get the... They finally, they explained the Catch-22 situation. And I feel like because this is World War II... They've done this before. It doesn't feel new. There's nothing fresh about this presentation. I've, I feel like I've seen all of this already. So I would not, like, from what I saw, I, I have no desire to watch the next episode. Aww. Sad Well, panda. I'm definitely going to give it a try because I, I, I am a book reader, or the book reader. I mean, the book. I don't, anyway. Um, but I did read it a long time ago. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and uh, But I'm, like, forgetting huge swaths of it. But I'm wondering if, and this is just me musing aloud, like, I'm wondering if um, the nonlinear aspect of the book created a level of you know interest and and whatnot that that might have captured Libya and that because they're con- you know because they're constrained not necessarily constrained but they made the choice and I think it's a wise one in in one aspect in one way to film it chronologically um, that takes some of the I don't know interest out for Libya like perhaps you if you if you read the book you might enjoy the story more because of the way it's presented do you know what I mean not, yeah I but know. I just think the subject matter is not that interesting. Oh, wait, you got to remember, Libya, this is before this this book came out before the book MASH was written and definitely before the movie. And so this was kind of the first black comedy dealing with modern uh, and, you know, 20th and I, century. I warfare. get you. But the problem is that that's not the order in which I'm being presented with it. Right. Like, I understand right. intellectually what you mean. But for me, I've already experienced so many shows yeah. and materials and and it just feels sure. like a retread to me. Uh, so it doesn't well, feel fresh or interesting. That might be the challenge for the for the filmmakers or the whatever makers, the showrunners. Like, is it did did they do enough to bring in new non you know book reader audience? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they didn't for you. No. I'm really interested to see what it does for me because I'm kind of more in the middle. I don't. It's a, it's a great cast. Uh, I'm not familiar with Christopher Abbott who plays Yosari and the lead, the protagonist. He was from the, Girls. Do you remember Was him? he one of the boyfriends in the first couple seasons? Correct, yes. I just don't remember him that I, Girls, I just remember not liking a lot of it and then finally getting tired of What's Her Face. Lena. So, give me your perspective. Why do you think we should watch it? It's a faithful adaptation of one of the great 20th century novels. Mm. Yeah, from, but from a perspective <laughs> of a television viewer, why should we tune in to this TV show? Uh, great cast. I mean, George Clooney, um, oh, uh, Kyle Chandler, yeah, Coach it, Taylor. Yeah, all the main really good. Oh, actors. and the kid, the kid from from, um, from Major Crimes. Yes, yeah, so it took me a minute to figure out where he was from, but all the major big names have like five lines. Like Hugh Laurie is, he eats a lamb chop, and then we like never see him again. <laughs> no, he, he comes back. Um, but I'm saying, I'm just saying that yes, it has. Kyle Chandler was great in his one scene that I saw and uh, you know, Hugh Laurie was good and whatever, but the actual, it's basically about PTSD in world war two. Oh. No, I'm saying that wrong. That's not true. Not really. No. Well, <laughs> from what I understood, it was uh, basically the main guy is 
he's had he's got combat fatigue. He doesn't want to go back up. He doesn't want to fly, and he keeps he's trying to figure out a way to get out of it. And well, the- and so he's trying to pre- first. He's like, well, what if I say I'm crazy? And they're like, well, you have to be crazy. Blah 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 blah. And then they set up the whole catch twenty two, which is. If you're really crazy, then you're not going to say that you're crazy. If you say that you're crazy, then you're obviously not crazy. And so I get that, and I, and I figure that then it's going to go to when he actually is going to become a little crazy because he's like – so I, to me, that's PTSD. Well, that, that term didn't exist when – Oh, I know. Book, I know. It didn't the, exist. They keep – they call it different things. For every war, they have a different name for it. No, but, it's – his problem is that Cathcart keeps raising the number of missions right. that they have right. to fly to leave. But even before, when the mission was the lowest, he was trying to get out of it. Yeah, well, he doesn't want to die. <laughs> yes, I understand. He reasonably doesn't want to die. I get that. But there was like this point where he was midway through when he was like at mission 16, where he just kind of had like this breakdown. He was like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, you know, and he, that's to me is PTSD where he's, and he saw his friend get blown up right in front of him, and it freaked him out. And that is PTSD. So I understood what, where he was going and what was going, you know, like, I get it. And so his whole thing is, I got to get out of here. So he keeps trying to, but then they keep moving the bar for him to get mm-hmm. out of there. And I, and I get that as well. But to me, that, that I feel like other movies and shows and things have done the same thing. So it's not particular. It doesn't. Oh, All right. I'll be the tiebreaker. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. I, I, I think this is an example where the source material has been strip mined so much that right. when you do an adaptation of it later, it feels familiar because everybody else has ripped it off. Well, no, I'm not disagreeing. I had the same problem with Tolkien. By the time I read Tolkien, I had read 5,000 other fantasy novels and then people were like, oh, you have to read Tolkien. And then I read it. I was like, I've already read this. But it was because everyone had ripped copied, had, rip, had ripped it off. But I didn't read it first. If I had read Tolkien first, then I would have been like every other probably Tolkien fan. This is amazing. Exactly. But because I read, I didn't read Tolkien until I was like 25. And too by, late. It was too late. Yes, it was, like, it was too late. And I was like, this is trash. I started. In sixth, I started in sixth grade, so. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I was reading other fantasy writers when I was in sixth grade, uh, yeah. so I think it does matter when you read that ultimate material. It really that source does. material. The source, yeah. sure. I think it matters for sure. All right, I think that's about it. We're wrapping this up. If you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to us at radio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.